0: From Crema, this is Option 5, a podcast about product and innovation teams and how they take the leap to say yes and figure it out. I'm George Brooks. And I'm Dan Linhart. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Option 5 podcast. My name is George. And I'm Dan. And um, uh, welcome to another episode. Yeah, we are your co-hosts.
1: Of this podcast where we talk about all things product. Well, yeah,
0: that's well done. All, all the things. I think that we nailed it. Um, I got it. I mean, I got to be honest, just to, you know, I've just got into the office. I haven't seen you in a few days. You well, February
1: is not favorable man. to people that family. have kids. Yeah. Did, did you like that alliteration there? February, February is not favorable to families. Yeah,
0: that's good. Three. You just need, well, at least in the Midwest, a lot of snow, a lot of days off,
1: parent teacher conferences. They get
0: canceled and they can't be rescheduled. Right. Right. That's been our lives um, for the past week or so. Well, let's jump in. Um, I think this episode we want to unpack um, more of the what Mm -hmm. as a product team. So Mm -hmm. as a recap, we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, who we are as Crema and the fact that we, we create and kind of deploy product teams into um, companies of all sizes, more recently, much larger companies. Mm-hmm. And we do design thinking and lean and agile and all that stuff. But really what it comes down to is we think that small collaborative teams are most effective. Right. And it's kind of saying, as opposed to what? As opposed to, in our opinions, departments mm-hmm. or siloed groups of people kind of handing something off from one group to another group mm-hmm. to another group, and then hoping at the end that you have something effectively done. Mm-hmm. Um, with software specifically, this works really well. Um, I, I had was having a conversation recently with somebody that said, oh, that really applies to what you guys do because you do software technology. Mm-hmm. A little bit harder if you're talking about hardware because you can't, I mean, you can probably still have small tight-knit teams, but right. when you go to deploy the iterations it's hard to iterate on a mm-hmm. you know piece of plastic that's at somebody's house, so. right? So software it works really well.
1: Yeah, if you were to work with us or companies like us that have smaller teams, a, a lot of times if you work with a large agency, you might, um, and it's not necessarily wrong. It's just the model that they've employed. Typically, as you get big, oh yeah, is you might see you know junior art director, art oh, director, yeah. senior art director. And then creative art director. I mean, all of these individuals, yeah. and you're thinking, what? Piece Why is of the everyone pie? a director? Yeah, and again, we'll talk about later that you want multiple perspectives and cross-discipline teams. But at some point, the adage of "there's too many cooks in the kitchen"
0: mm. definitely comes true. Yeah, and bloated teams breakdown down of communication. Design
1: by committee is never a good. Well, I don't want to um, say an absolute, but it is rarely it a good idea. It's designed by committee really is hard. really hard to work with. Yeah.
0: Um, I think we wanted to kind of do, Oh yeah. If this is your first time listening, I'm just going to say it now, subscribe to our podcast. We Mm. really want to, uh, um, continue to do this. We're planning to put these out every week Mm. and we want you guys to come along this journey with us. Maybe, Mm -hmm. um, hear about our story and we're going to do some interviews and we got some big
1: plans Mm. and at some point we want to hear your questions and we want to respond to them.
0: Yep. 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 Um, so I think we're going to shoot, we're going to shoot for some realistic goals. We want to get to that 500 mark right now. Because we haven't launched this technically, right? We, ooh, I'm going to mute mute the old uh, Slack there. Um, we're at zero, so <laughs> five five hundred. Yeah, it's more than zero. I mean, if you set a baseline, we're at it. Oh man, it's only, only going <laughs> to ba- go, go up we're from me. Base camp, <laughs> looking straight up. There's only only growth from here. So we're excited um, uh, to get this out, and we're going to shoot for that five hundred. Maybe maybe we'll do a gift. Maybe we'll do a little uh, a little giveaway or something at yeah. that that point. Who the fifth, Who knows? 500th, fifth, fifth, five, how do you say that? 500th? 500th, we like to give, Subscriber. give things. Subscriber, maybe it's a beach be ball. <laughs> maybe it's a beach
1: ball shipped right to your house. Not it's filled a, with air though. No, okay. because that's too much
0: space. <laughs> okay, we're running out of time. So um, <laughs> let's see, who's this podcast for? Um, I think we said it before, but this is this is for product managers, designers, CEOs, founders, CIOs, developers, everyone else. Um, and uh, And you. It's for you, Dan. Yeah, it's for you too. Okay, that's weird. Okay. Um, yeah, let's talk about product teams.
1: So I think today we really wanted to, wanted to unpack what it is. Like yeah. if you were to draw it on a whiteboard, kind of like a structure yep. of who it is, uh, their role, uh-huh. like how you might, if you were to think I've got an office and I want to put a product team there, I see these desks, who are the people that are in those desks? And so I think what we would learned early on is that kind of that best number is anywhere four to 10. And again, that fluctuates. It does. You, you could have 20 people touch the product, but not all at
0: once. And I think that at that point you start to create multiple product teams. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so four to 10 max, I think that, uh, there's Jeff Bezos has this idea of, um, a two pizza team. Mm-hmm. So anything that Anything more than a than it can a two pizzas can feed is is too big of a team, right? Um, and I, I like I mean it's something visual, it's something to kind of help you remember, remind remember that. Um, Eric Jorgensen is a um, an entrepreneur here in in Kansas City, and he writes a blog post about how communication starts to break down as a team grows. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's the one to one communication, like you and I. Our communication right now is stellar. Mm-hmm. It's just one way. You can't beat it. Yeah. I mean right. I'm looking you in the eye. Right. Eye contact. Yes. Which is important. That's really uncomfortable sometimes, but yes. And then uh, you get you get three people, and of course now there's three-way communication, four, and it actually it, it jumps. So it goes, it's one, two, three for five, it's technically five lines of possible communication. And mm-hmm. it, it compounds the more people you get. Up right. to 20, which I think is like hundreds of ways you could possibly communicate. Right. And that's where people start to break down. They can't right. communicate effectively. Well, so, and if you think
1: about it, if you're in a meeting with your product team and you have 10 people in there yeah. and everyone says three minutes worth of stuff, you got half hour of your meeting wasted already. Yeah, Not wasted, right. but I
0: mean, it takes a lot of time. Is it is it, uh, is it Amazon or is it um, Tesla? One of the CEOs had the practice where you their meetings would start with they came in and they would read a brief, mm-hmm. and everybody had to sit there and read the brief, and then they would go, "Okay, you get ten minutes to discuss." And like mm. it's because they've all gotten aligned, they've all read the brief, mm-hmm. and then the, they then they keep the meetings really short rather than let's bring everybody back up to speed again. You right. know? It's that breakdown in communication. I don't remember who it was. Well, but, I
1: wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those two companies. I mean, the pro- level of productivity at that level yeah. has to be so high, yeah. and conducting meetings really is an art. Uh-huh, oh yeah. And I think good meetings.
0: a good product team manages their meetings well. Right. Um, both how many they have and how, mm-hmm. we'll get into that, that's, right. all, that's more. So
1: and, let's stay in the meeting
0: room. Okay, so we oh, talked about God. size. Keep it small,
1: four to 10 God. max, but then okay, picture your product team around a table and you're Mm. discussing a tough problem, a problem that you want to solve. What kind of perspective do you want? There's this book called, I think it's Decisive by the Heath brothers and the first aspect of making good decisions is widening your perspective, widening your options because you get, it's almost like a floodlight. If you focus on your perspective, you may see it really clearly because the floodlight's really bright. Yep. But then there's all this surrounding um, so many different ideas, perspectives of other people, but you can't see it because you've narrowed your
0: options. Yeah. I think that that kind of gets into that diverse perspective is Mm -hmm. really something important. Um, that we kind of accidentally found. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we went seeking it, but we kind of accidentally found it. And it was just people from different, you know, that had either been, maybe in their previous life they were in a big agency. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of had this perspective of like, oh, here's the constraints that a big agency has. And some things that was good from that, and Mm -hmm. some things it was bad. And so they brought that perspective. Or someone, you know, on the client side says, I have the perspective of, I've been in this industry for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that's helpful. And it brings the perspective of, you know, maybe all the ways that it's been done before. Right. And maybe that's to say we should keep doing some of those things Mm -hmm. or some of those things we need to break. Right. You know, so each of these different perspectives, um, both from age and experience Mm -hmm. and worldview and everything else, that's huge. I mean, it's, it brings a lot to the table. Being able to bring people to the table of all different walks of life.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and it could be as um, simple as someone that is a very avid world traveler. We have yeah. a lot of those in our office. Yeah, totally. Um, they may be the same gender as you. They may be the same ethnicity, but someone who travels a lot and bringing back what they've learned from those travels and then brings it into that boardroom, mm-hmm. just whatever they've learned, they've brought it back because, you know, there's no, there's that integration between work and life and work life balance. And so them being able to bring that experience to the table, just in general, you're like, wow. That's a really unique perspective that I would have never had.
0: I guess one that I want to have. I, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't traveled nearly as much as I desire to. Right. Somebody wants in the office. I heard yep. beep. Every
1: time I hear that, I think
0: it's a fire alarm. where <laughs> <Me> too. Our <laughs> new space has a button that people buzz into the, to get into the building. And, uh, oh, right, nobody's responding to it right now.
1: <laughs> well, I think one thing we mentioned last time is that when you have the reason product team made so much sense to us is because we modeled it after our organization structure and yeah. what we want to be. Yeah. And we want people from all walks of life at our company. And so it naturally just bled into product teams. Cause it's like, if we work so well as a company, mm-hmm. our product team is going to work like that as well. Yep. And so far that's held true.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we basically have five or six product teams kind of growing mm-hmm. continuously right now. Yeah. Um, shifting between t- projects, but yeah, it's, it's worked really, really well. One of the things with diverse perspectives is also diverse roles, and I mm-hmm. think that's kind of the overarching theme that we're trying to say here: is that when you're building a product team or a team in general, it is so uh, tempting to put all the like people together,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so all the diner- designers together, all the devs together, and they do probably want to spend more mm-hmm. time together because you know like people tend to unfortunately spend a lot of time together. It kind of creating again that that uncomfort that discomfort of Bringing together these different viewpoints of, a, for us, mm-hmm. a developer, a designer, a product manager, a test engineer, a product strategist, mm-hmm. and there can be you could those could be different roles, a product owner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you get this cross discipline. Um, so I think that that's as we start to p- break down what what's involved. That's kind of the team members, mm-hmm. but maybe we can dive deeper into that.
1: Well, even so from a pragmatic standpoint, if you think about all the, so let's use the model of a, of a car. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so many different parts. Actually, if I even look under my engine or under the hood at my engine, I get a little anxiety. I am not mechanically <laughs> inclined. I don't understand it, uh-uh. but I do know that every single part serves a role. And if even one little parts off, it's just not going to work. How are there
0: millions of these magic machines? <laughs> all over the roads. <laughs> They're so complicated. Well, anyway, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, anyways, the combustible engine. Maybe Incredible. that's another yeah.
1: episode. Um, so you have a car and you realize that every single part's important and mm-hmm. I think with our teams when mm-hmm. they get in the same room together, um and this has been really fun to watch, I think as a as an owner, you oh, see yeah. everyone like, "Wow, I not only value your perspective and want your perspective, but they they need that perspective yeah. to build the best product. And they, they've all recognized that. Yeah. And so I think it does great for your culture because it kind of removes clicks and mm-hmm. just kind of like, yeah. Oh, developers unite. And I mean, there's a time and a place and our staff. People do it. Yeah. I mean, they come together the same craft and they learn from one another, yeah. but it's not in a kind of divisive or like, Hey, we're the best role in the office type yeah. atmosphere. It's our is like,
0: more important, exactly. or harder or better. You know. Or
1: better, I don't. I don't think anyone in our office would ever say no. that because they know it not to be true. Yeah. Um, because they've built wonderful products in this way.
0: Yeah, and the cool thing about that is it plays out not only in. I mean, there's a big culture play there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you get everyone kind of in an equal value stance, mm-hmm. um, which I think is absolutely crucial. And in, in so many organizations, don't allow that to happen. Well, um, also goes back to that tactic or um, uh, implicit versus Tacit knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. it's like allowing the group to kind of a um, what's a clear vision of that what we're trying to accomplish and how can we find the best way to do that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of different ways to do that. Whether you're on the development um, side and you're you want to do pair programming or right. sitting down because you're a front end developer and you need to sit right next to the designer that's actually designed out the interface, yep. and um, or having the 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 pro, what we call a product strategist or maybe kind of the <clears throat> head of business or UX. Working with the designer and then understanding the constraints of the developer, mm-hmm. developer the test engineer, knowing at the beginning what they're going to have to test, mm-hmm. speaking into that and going, you know what? The constraints are going to be X, Y, and Z. Let's define those mm-hmm. so that and the outset of it, we've got a better product. And right. all of those people chiming in um, as a small team is very effective. Back to our point, though, if that team gets too big then you get too many voices and it's, it's not effective. It's just
1: the problem of just being, you're, you're too big. You haven't got too many people in the room and that's not Mm -hmm. a product team issue. That's just an, that's just, you got too many people in the room.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, so if we kind of, for us, if we unpack, um, each of those areas that we talked about, just so everybody understands what our roles are, um, on our developer side, um, we kind of have some principles that, we kind of think are true for us. Um, one is that we try not to never have one developer isolated on a project. Mm-hmm. It does happen, um, just logistically, but ideally it's not that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much um, single point of failure. I remember reading the DevOps handbook and mm-hmm. that was a big theme was right. like who who, or what is the single point of fa- failure? Right. And oftentimes it's that one person that has all the knowledge in their head and no one knows how they built it. Right. And if they got hit by a bus... Everybody be screwed, you know, like then they're in a tough position. Well, in their role by, I
1: don't want to say by nature, but it's inherent that there is an incredible amount of focus and problem solving in that role. I mean, they're looking at a computer screen and they're coding and they're doing research and they're the ability to bring a person, another developer over to the side of them at the same time when they're trying to solve that problem, it just opens up possibilities and it actually makes the product not only more um, a higher level of quality, but what we've found is it goes faster. Mm, like mm-hmm, we, we yeah. build faster and with better quality by having two developers on a project.
0: Yeah, and not just not simply by having more hands, <clears throat> but more efficiency. Right. Yeah. So we, we had we've had some projects where we had people um, isolated and someone would basically start spinning the wheels mm-hmm. and they couldn't they couldn't let go of figuring out how to do a thing. Right. And so they would waste hours not ever actually moving forward, right. just spinning. Right. And instead of having someone sit next to him and go, well, have you considered this? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it uh, unlocks this, well, yeah. Or we could do it a totally different way that he, that, that person had not considered. Right. So, um, you know, never rely on one. Um, for us, we kind of have themes, and this is gonna be different depending on each organization. We, we do try to make sure that we have some level of a front-end development, i.e. what do you see in the browser or mm-hmm. on the app screen or whatever that is a um, quote-unquote um, back-end developer, so someone who's really focused more on the database layer or the integrations layer, um, and then a piece that we don't do a whole lot here because either our client has it or we we lean on a service for it um, is more of the DevOps and SecOps side of things or security operations right. or um, where are things hosted, how many servers do we need, um, how is it distributed, how is it backed up? Um, Those are things that need to be considered, and Mm -hmm. those people should be a part of your product team, or at least speaking into that
1: product team. For our users, unpack a little bit DevOps and SecOps. What is, yeah, what are what are the? It's not really an acronym, but what what does that mean? What
0: is that? Um, So I think at a high level, DevOps would be anything that has to do with again your your hosting management, your deployment management. So making sure that you understand um, the environments that you're where your code is going to live and then how people have access to that code. So if you think about it in the sense that we, de- we develop software on our local machines, on our, our laptops, we then push it up to, for most of it what we do, a, a server that's in the cloud, and we can have multiple environments of that server. So there might be a testing server, a staging server, or a production server. And then knowing where that code lives, what state it's in, mm-hmm. how healthy it is, and how well it's responding to how many people are trying to use it, um, and then if, uh, having monitoring software that's on it, so if something goes down, we know about it instantly, or if there's a problem in a certain area, it can immediately go, Oh, no worries. Thanks to the cloud. Mm-hmm. We'll switch from this server over to one over here and you're up back up and running and you're fine. So we use services like AWS or Heroku or Azure, those types of things that mm-hmm. help do that for us. So that's more in the DevOps side. And usually you'll have somebody who's just managing all those services, managing those servers, and then just making sure that it. Stays alive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more complicated than that, but we'll we'll. Keep, I, that's about as right. far as I can go. Right. In describing it. At that point, it just goes over yeah. our heads. Yeah. yeah. Um, SecOps, on the other hand, is more around security. Um, so security operations is um, really making sure that there's uh, very clearly written protocols for how each server and the dev- devops organization or how each environment is kept secure mm-hmm. um so especially sensitive information or areas that would be at higher risk like credit cards or PCI compliant stuff or HIPAA related information is really siloed in the right way and only has access to s- certain things right um and then all the way down to protocols for how you deploy and mm-hmm. who has access to that deploy mm-hmm. and who's allowed to do that um Uh, It's a lot of just making sure the rules are written so everybody knows what the rules are. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then there's software that helps to kind of manage that and monitor that. And we actually, several of our clients are are cybersecurity firms now. So we've learned a bit more about that. Um, So those are kind of, those roles need to be present though, because if you're building a product, especially in a business, Mm -hmm. you need to make sure it can handle the load, DevOps, Mm -hmm. and that it can um, be as secure as possible. Um, right. SecOps. Well, I think that's an important
1: thing to note on product teams is that you don't have to have the full gamut. That's to, right. Because you can focus on an aspect of it. So we focus predominantly on the front end. Yep. Whereas someone who has a product team could focus on the back on the back end. Yeah, that's right. They they could work with a client like ours, but they're doing DevOps and SecOps, and where the client is doing the front end. And so wherever you think, wherever you fit on that spectrum, yep. partnering with someone who does. The other half, yeah, the, the four third, third, yeah, yeah, is something that we've found to be very useful, and so that's why we work a lot uh, with our clients that way, and why it works really well is that we do really well on the front end, yep, and then they house uh, the servers and the DevOps and the SecOps within them, and then we kind of integrate and we become one product team, and it works really well. Yeah,
0: I, I, I think it's the one thing I tell clients during sales meetings is we just we play well with others, uh-huh. and I think that's really important, especially if you're going to work as a small collaborative team. Okay, great. You're bringing somebody to the table. Who's that person? What's their role? Are they aligned in what we're trying to do? Um, we're not here to get rid of their jobs. Someone's at the door again. Right. <laughs> They're not here to get rid of their jobs. We're here to work together so that we all get to the outcome that you're shooting for. So, Right. Um, uh, kind of more in our development theme, we, um, we have what we call test engineers. Um, so in every sprint of work, and we'll get more into sprints later, but just every small uh, duration of work, We have someone who's dedicated to making sure that the quality of Mm -hmm. the output of what's being pushed up to production is acceptable. It's at the highest level of what we think is going to be used. It doesn't have to be perfect. Perfection is impossible. Right. But someone that's keeping eyes on making sure that it's done. And we do those, those test engineers are working on sprint by sprint, not on big milestone releases. Right. Though they do come in maybe heavier than, but. They're involved in that entire process. Right.
1: Test engineering, quality assurance yeah. happens throughout the life yeah. of the product. It can't just happen at the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, many, many moons ago, we did, we did yeah. that and it never ended well. Um, it, or it ended very hard. Yeah. Very difficult. Yeah. And those uh, test engineers, there's so many different levels of testing. True. There's functional testing just to make sure it's working, mm-hmm. that the feature is actually working. There's automated testing, which we use software programs that they bring that they use to make sure that the, um, that the product is actually working. And then they also do user acceptance testing. Mm-hmm. So something could be working, but it's really not meeting the requirements that it's
0: helping the user. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Engineers are the worst. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, we, we deal with that a lot where it's like, somebody will come back and go, yeah, but if you click here, 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 and then go to the left here, right there, and then go down and then there, see, you can do it. Right. And it's, and they're like, no one will ever figure that out. Right. So I was um there's this um Chris uh Ram Rams Rams Ram something. He's a magician on YouTube. A magician, illusionist, I don't know what they call. Mm. Him. Uh, anyways, he's he's awesome and he, one of the one of the segments that he has is he he um does these like impossible puzzles. And <clears throat> there's one that literally he got sent to him. It was the most the hardest puzzle ever made is mm-hmm. is the kind of term. And it got to the point where he, he went through it and he had to email the makers and say, I can't figure it out. And he's really good at puzzles and come to find out. They were like, yeah. And even with the instructions, it was, it took him hours to unlock right. this puzzle. And that's an example of, well, technically speaking, it, it was working. It could be unlocked, but no one would have ever. But the user it would have never yeah.
1: accepted it yeah. because it just doesn't work. And so right. that your test engineers, that's where they come in. That's right. Very vital role. So next is. Product management, Mm. and that's a.
0: Mm. (laughs) Want to get into that one? Yeah.
1: So uh, on our yeah, let how do we how do we look at it? So currently, we have product managers, and we also have product strategists, and bringing those two together, you have a product management duo or team. Yeah. And a lot of the accountability or the roles that rests um, on those individuals are whatever method of software development you're utilizing. Mm -hmm. They're running that. And so if you're running Agile, even there's different types of Agile. There's Scrum, there's Kanban, Extreme programming, yeah. I think, yeah, is yeah, one yeah, of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just so many different levels. Wow, whatever you pulled out the
0: extreme programming, I'm pretty proud <laughs> that's of you. Back that's back in great. there
1: in the recesses of the brain. Um, whatever, again, methodology you're using, they're running those. So they're running meetings that way. They're running releases, and for our uh, listeners, releases are when you release whatever part of the product at a certain at a specific time.
0: Yeah. Or, or they're managing that if you're doing continual integration, that those releases are happening right. e- even daily.
1: Right. yeah Yeah, absolutely. And then they serve a vital role with working with the client or the product owner, in this case, of connecting the business goals. Mm-hmm. What's the vision, the purpose, the problem the business is trying to solve with this piece of technology? They work in that arena. They're asking the client key questions. They're getting alignment so that whatever product team is working on that product at that moment has that information. Yeah. How are we going to build this product so that it actually solves a business problem? Cause at the end of the day, if it doesn't solve the business problem, it, it, it's not a useful yeah, piece of right, software. There's no point. There's no point. Um, and then from an accountability standpoint, they they are, That's where they live. They are making sure that in those meetings when someone says, a member of your product team says, you know what, I can commit to this level of effort or these features or these set of points, Mm -hmm. if you're speaking Scrum or Agile, um, I can commit to this over the next week or next two weeks. They're the ones that are ultimately being that liaison between the team and the client and holding holding our team accountable yep. for what we've promised the client.
0: And there are oftentimes the people that are thinking about the constraints, whether it's time or money or the number of people on a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're going, yeah, that's possible, but not within this amount of time or mm-hmm. that's possible, but we need an additional resource to mm-hmm. do that. And so <clears throat> they're always kind of trying to think about, okay, what's, how do you connect the business to the vision, to the value, to the actual, like what can be done? Right. Yeah. Good. From a product
1: management standpoint, You want someone that is not going to be a yes person. Right. Um, But they're not always saying no. They may just be saying not yet. Right. Right. Um, And they've got to walk that fine line, especially with our clients being able to say, I hear what you're saying, but not right now.
0: Yep. And then the strategist on the kind of other side of that coin, the strategist for us, a product strategist is someone who gets to act a little bit like a co-founder for hire Mm -hmm. or like a, a liaison of let me kind of. Let's dream a little bit together. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's go down this path and figure out the, what's the why behind what you're building. And then how can I help facilitate a conversation around asking hard questions to get at what would be the best thing to create so that you have the biggest impact or the, the right impact at the right time. Right. Um, so our strategies are kind of a unique role. I think there's probably, actually, there are different types of product managers I'm learning in mm. the, the rest of the world that would kind of wear that strategist hat. Um, we call them product strategists just to kind of really clearly differentiate them here. But they are, um, they're often the person that's involved very heavily at the early set onset of the project. Right. Um, unpacking an idea and then really coming, coming back in as each of those thresholds of milestones of like, are we hitting what we're trying to do? Are we, are we ready for what's next? Are we pushing ourselves to again, be more, you know, to seek that discomfort Mm -hmm. and what's, what's, how do we continue to innovate? Right. Um, yeah. So that's a strat our product strategist for
1: us. Right. And then the last one we want to mention, which may or may not be a part of your product team, um, but they are very integral, especially when you are the agency trying to sell a product team mm-hmm. to your clients um, and that's sales marketing and change management. And we'll get into change management management in just a second, but our sales staff, our marketing staff. Um, and I, I wanted to go back to something we mentioned earlier about why a different viewpoint is so valuable it's not just when you're building the product but it even starts before the product is even within our walls it yeah. starts in the sales process yeah like even when i go out on sales calls or if i get have coffee with someone and they want to start down that path of let's investigate working together i'll immediately pull in someone who's most likely going to be on that project right. whether it's a strategist Or Matt our VP of engineering because Mm -hmm. especially if I know okay this is pretty technical and that's not my role I need someone else to come along I don't know what we can do (laughs) I know (laughs) we can do it but if you want to start getting technical I'm not the person to talk to yeah right Um, and so our sales team does that as well our director of sales and marketing Nate does a beautiful job of that any any he times it so well i mean he'll have one two conversation and then he brings in that person at the right time and it's kind of like hey meet who you're going to be working with and it really he does a great job
0: well i think what's cool at that when when that happens in our group what's amazing is to see a client go oh you get it really fast Mm -hmm. and i think that's what we're really good at and that's that's the most satisfying moment is when they get it we they realize we got their problem In their context, and maybe even the solution, that fast. Right. Imagine what we could do in a few weeks or a a couple months. Right. And then the topic
1: of change management—that is a really big topic. Um, It's actually it's it's a whole other department, and we get into that a little bit. And I think down the road we'd like to get into it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. of a couple and in two different ways. When you're building a product with an innovation team that's inside of a large corporation change management's huge of like, how do you integrate this product or this style of product development back into the greater organization? That can be a shock to the system. And like with any shock to the system, how do you either minimize it Mm -hmm. or get people to understand that this is a good change. You're going to feel a little bit of pain. You're going to feel a shock and it's okay. We'll get through it. So that's one aspect of it. I think the other aspect is helping our clients who may, and this happens quite a bit, when we build a product and they start to take it over, how do we help them build their own team? Mm-hmm. That yeah. also is within yeah. a little bit of change management because now they're bringing in individuals that, and they're kind of trying to create a culture that we brought with us. We get and mimicked a lot. We yeah. do, we do. And I think being able to find those people, find those right roles and help our clients do that is, is a change management task.
0: Yeah. there's so many more so much i think you we there, could dive into that. So it's, it's so funny because i think <laughs> the reason that we're kind of like dancing around that a bit is because i think we want to do so much more of that mm-hmm. it, it's something that is we hear that there's such a need for um and we're just we haven't been able to you know say yes to it yet maybe we haven't option five it yet right. so we'll, maybe we'll get to that um
1: our clock says 45 seconds left
0: well yeah and we're already double time. so um <laughs> i think i'm gonna just skip this whole like you know interview piece we'll yep. do that in another episode maybe, we'll get maybe you'll get to meet one of the other um product team members uh soon. yes absolutely um so let's go ahead maybe we we'll just go ahead and wrap it up let's wrap it up that was a good episode yeah this is fun this is fun uh, uh real quickly let's take we've got a couple ex- i want to take two more extra minutes yep. what's something that you either been thinking about or reading recently that you just think is like oh that's super interesting i'm excited to kind of dive into that topic or that that it doesn't even have to be about this, just like something from our company or mm-hmm. I want to give some, I want to wrap up these episodes. with just things that we're thinking about recently. Mm-hmm. I didn't prepare for this. So I'm think, I'm, gonna, I'm I threw it to you so that I could buy myself some time. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, I think two things. One is we are, so we do
1: something here every other Friday called lab Fridays. Mm. And this year we've started a different flavor of that very highly integrated, but a little bit different flavor called venture lab where we're actually working on products and we have different teams on that, on those Fridays working on different products, um, trying to make it a viable idea, a yeah, viable yeah. product. So th- that's one thing I'm really excited about. And what do we do with that down the road right now? It's an experiment, but I think what I'm excited about is how do we take this experiment and actually push it forward? Yeah. So that's one thing. And the other thing that gets me excited is just the expansion of, I think of our marketing team, mm-hmm. um, and again, that's not something I'm reading about, but because we, if it's expanded, there's a lot of articles we're reading on. How do we do this best? Yeah. We're learning a lot. We've got a good staff, but we're doing a lot of learning. And so I think that's something that's really exciting me right now. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i reading some books. I'm not, I'm reading a lot of books around culture in general. Yeah. That seems like stuff you do. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't, the book I'm reading right now is really not interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: so, you want to, you want to throw it under the bus? What is it? Which one? No, it? I'm not going to throw it under the bus. It's just about oh, culture. It's, eh, right. it's right. Okay. Um, what am I, I, I think kind of internally some things that I'm, I'm excited about. Um, yeah. Also with the venture lab piece and some, what we could, what we could do with that. Um, how we, how we scale it. There's mm. some, there's a lot there, but um, and then how do we um really think about how we again, tell our our story. We're getting ready to work with some consultants, um, which I'm just pumped about. It's I mean, going to they're, they're be coming, a really good yeah, time. They're coming in in a couple of weeks. So that would be awesome. Um, And from, from London or not mm-hmm. in Lo- Eng- England, someplace mm-hmm. outside of London. They told I don't remember. Remember, was know. it Liverpool? There might have been.
1: I I could have sworn I heard Liverpool yeah. on the last call we had. That
0: I did. I agree with you.
1: I know nothing about the geography, oh, so I, Liverpool could be five hundred miles away. I don't, <laughs> don't not, even know I, from London. I have uh, no idea. Yeah,
0: and then. um, from a reading or I guess from a consuming standpoint, I've been spending a lot more time listening to a couple of podcasts on uh, product management in general. Mm. I'm just kind of making sure I understand, I know how we do things, but making sure I understand how the industry does things Yep. um, that we're staying relevant that we're, we're staying up with best practices or maybe some tactics that we could learn. And then I'm really excited. I think we're, we're kind of just polishing up our material. So like our strategy sessions, having better Mm -hmm. material and just looking like, things are pulled together better and that's that feels really good it makes it makes it seem a lot more polished. polished yeah yeah so cool
1: thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a review on itunes and if you think about it would you give us five stars that helps us out a lot this podcast is edited by larissa mccarty with help from our growth team gabby brotherton nate olson and alexa houston check out our show notes at option five podcast.com Crema is a digital product agency that crafts product teams that design, build, and ship innovation to the world's top scaling companies. We believe that creativity, technology, and people can change the future of business. Learn more about Crema at crema.us. I'm Dan. And I'm George. And you've been listening to Option 5 by Crema.